Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio from the CEP Network. If you like what you hear, do us a favor and hit that subscribe button and give us that five-star rating. And while you're at it, give us a like and a share on the socials and tell all your friends about the variety that you get right here on the CEP Network. The CEP Network now has a promo code for one of the best nutrition and supplement companies in the business for you, the listener, to use. Just go to truenutrition.com, look at all their great products, place your order, and when you go to make your payment, type in CEPN in the promo code box for 5% off of your entire order. It's that easy. We're excited to be able to promote such a great company and happy that our listeners get to benefit from it as well. In this episode, Patrick and I come back from a week hiatus to chat about Patrick's vacation to the Smoky Mountains, the Colby Covington-Tyron Woodley fight at UFC Fight Night, we break down the main event and co-main event for UFC 253, and we talk about Michael Chandler going to the UFC from Bellator and what that means for the UFC. If you would like to get a hold of Patrick Blair or myself, you can reach out on the social medias. You can reach us on the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. And if you have any topics you would like to hear us cover about music, sports, or pop culture, email us at cerebral at thecepodcast.com. Now, let's get into the episode. Welcome, everybody, to yet another edition of Raised on the Radio. I am one half of the show, Colt Brocato, my good friend, Patrick Blair, in Zoom land today. And first off, I would like to apologize to anybody listening to this because the video quality or the audio quality is not going to be the greatest because I am in a room that is very echoey right now, but I'm getting all that figured out and things will be better soon. Hopefully. Are you in a bomb shelter? It looks like it, doesn't it? I have, I have beef jerky over here and some peanut butter over here. That or that's where people commit homicides. One or the other. I can't figure it out. But what? What does that mean? I don't know. Never mind. <laughs> that's right off the bat. People commit homicides. Like, do you mean like bear? Like, kill people and then put them down in a bunker? Is that what you're trying to think of, or what, what's your thought process there? No, that's like you know. No, no. So that's like that's an SVU style torture dungeon you're sitting in right now. So when they do kill the the 12 year old girls, no one hears them. That's what it looks like to me. Okay. Well, I can, but I can, we won't start people, off so dark today. I can assure people that is not where I'm at, where I'm at. However, I am in Thank the you. woods. So clarifying if, that. <laughs> so anyways, man, you are just coming back from a good little vacation, which you haven't had in a long time, apparently, but, uh, yeah, good little vacation yeah. to the Smokies, which we did earlier this year. And, uh, so the Smokies, the Smokies. So give me a little the bit Smokies. of a, a rundown of your vacation. Where, where, what city did you stay in when you went? We stayed in Seaverville. Sevierville? Uh-huh. See, what? How, what did you call it? It's Sevierville. That's how you say it. Sevierville? Yes. Did the people from there tell you that's how it's said? Yeah. They're, did, do you know they're wrong? <laughs> it's not spelled that way, is it? Yeah, Sevierville. I thought it was like S-E-I-V-E-R. That's Seaver. Correct? Is that C- is that Seaver? Because you're saying Severe, which would mean there is an I after the V. And I don't think that's a thing. There is an I after the V. There is. It's Severeville. Okay. Well, S-E-V-I-E-R-V-I-L-L-E. Oh, man, I was surprised. Uh, okay, I'm... I'm were you saying Seaverville the entire time? They were like this fucking, <laughs> this fucking 
Um, I am admittedly wrong. I apologize. This is why everyone needs to be a curious person like me and just ask questions. Cause I immediately asked when I got to the resort, because I was like, all right, I know I'm saying this wrong. Yeah, but see, I wasn't. The, I thing guess. With, the thing with that is you have to have a level of confidence in not caring what people think about the questions that you ask, because that that's one of those that can like go one of two ways. Either they look at you like you're a moron and you don't care. Or you don't ask the question because you're afraid they're going to look at you like you're a moron. <laughs> Let me just say, the only way that you learn things is conceding to the fact that you are a moron. Okay. I've called myself a moron one million times in this life, and there's going to be millions more. <laughs> That's the only way you learn things, man. You That's... have to admit that you don't know stuff every once in a while. You have a point. You can't assume that you're wrong. You have a point. Um, yeah, we, so it, it was fun, man. It was a good getaway. It was refreshing. Um, it was kind of, it was, it, well, I'll just say this. Uh, it was, even if we hadn't been able to get outside of where we were staying, even where we were staying was cool enough to me because there was heated outdoor pool, indoor pool, indoor sauna or indoor sauna, indoor hot tub, outdoor hot tub, uh, everything you would want as far as like, I just need to go relax, have a drink and chill. So that was cool. And I know like, I don't, let me just say this in a non COVID world. I don't like public pools. And the, the one day where everyone was like, yeah, it's pool day. We're going to go. So I'm like, Oh no. <laughs> I, was, I, told my wife, I was like, look, if there are more than five people. I can't, I'm not going to get in. <laughs> and so, but it was, it was, it was dead. Um, the problem was there was a car show happening in town, like a classic car show. Okay. And apparently it's like one of the biggest things they have in that town every year. Thousands and thousands of people show up from everywhere uh, to show off their cars. So it made the downtown area super busy. And so to get to the actual mountains or the state park, you have to go through Sevierville, through Pigeon Forge, into the mountains, which would normally on a, on a, on a normal day take 20 minutes. So when we put it in GPS to get to the state park, it said two hours and 48 minutes. Holy cow. And this isn't like, yeah, but this isn't like two hours and 48 minutes of moving. This is two hours and 48 minutes of you sitting there. Right. Yeah. So we were like, this isn't, this is going to be bad. Um, so that Saturday when we tried to do that, like, well, I guess it's, we're going to be drinking all day or something because this is not going to work, but whatever. It was fun. The mountains were great. Uh, very beautiful. Saw some black bears. Oh, nice. Um, now, did you guys stay in a condo or did yeah. you condo? Okay. Not a cabin, but a condo, condo. a condo. Okay. Condo. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, no, we were, we were definitely not, uh, we were not, um, naturing it up at all. <laughs> okay. I seen quite a few um, pictures of you with your son in, in nature seemed like. Yeah. I mean, that was in the state park. We, you know, we drove to oh, the okay. state park. Gotcha. Took them down to the water and up into the the mountains to see the bears and you know from our car. By the way, I did not get out to see a bear. I was in my car. <laughs> um, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was a good little getaway, and then we went to Gatlinburg, which is kind of like I was told that it's like Branson, or that's what it feels like. I've never been to Branson. Okay. Um. Uh, it was, it's fine. It is, it, it was what it was. Like I said, there were a lot of people there, even on Monday still. Um, 
feel kind of bad about walking around outside without a mask on, but what can you do? Where did, did you guys eat in any notable places there while you were there? No. You didn't know So, okay. and by notable, what do you mean? Like mom and pop places? Well, any anything like that was amazing. Uh, everybody should eat there kind of a thing or no? No. Okay. No. We had Fridays two days in a row because it was the only place we could get a table at. So it, in our beca- town. All and because of the car show? Happened. Yeah. I mean, if we wanted to wait two hours to get a table. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, but we went grocery shopping and we did most of the cooking at our place. And Okay. So, yeah. But, um, no. It was the first time I had been to a Friday's in 15 years, probably. So, that was a treat. I didn't even know they still existed, to be honest with you. Yeah, I I can't. Well, it made me think, like, I can't think of one close to where I live. I know there are still some in existence in St. Louis, but I don't know where. Yeah, there's like... I think several, they're mainly at hotels or something. There's like several different brands or types of places that are in that are normally in St. Louis, and you may look at it differently than I do, but like I throw them into the same category, I guess, like your Ruby Tuesdays and your TGI Fridays and like your O'Charlies and stuff like that. Like I throw those all into the same category, and I still don't see, seem like I see any of those anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't tell you. I've never been to an O'Charlie's. It's probably been 20 years since I've been to a Ruby Tuesdays, but I will tell you this when I can, or if I do pick a chain place like that, the best one is 54th street bar and grill. I've heard of that, but I've never been there. It it is the shit. Really? It's awesome. Just because the food's awesome or the atmosphere? Yes. Food's awesome. Cool. Atmosphere is good. Service is good. Like, it feels like it feels like they like all of the servers and bartenders and everyone go through like training, meaning like if you don't memorize the menu and pass a <laughs> test, you're not getting a job. That type of thing. Gotcha. No, it, and the food's awesome. Anyway, um, the one thing that I did do from my phone was I watched the uh, I watched Tyron Woodley get his ass kicked by my least favorite fighter of all time. I'm now calling Colby Covington my least favorite fighter of all time. Okay, so so was on that was on the Saturday while we were there. So before we get into that, I want to know what your if you had a prediction before the fight, what would you have said? I know you hate doing predictions, but if you had to have done one, do you think would you have thought it would have went the way that it did? Yes. Really? Yes. Okay. Yeah, um, but I I didn't think, and I, I don't call that a finish. I, you know, even though that goes down as a TKO for Colby, I, it, he didn't finish him. He was beating him up. Don't get me wrong, but I don't call that a finish. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought it was going to go like that, but just go to decision and he was going to walk away with it, run away with the decision, which he would have had it gotten past that point where Tyron got hurt. Um, yeah, I just ty, ty, dude, Tyron, Tyron's 38. He hasn't looked good in I would say now, well, to be honest with you, we can go all the way back to the Darren Till fight. And he did not throw a lot of strikes in that fight. He managed to catch him and submit him. But up to the point when he did catch him, he was not throwing a lot of strikes. He was very hesitant. Um, and that carried over into his next fight with Usman, his next fight with Burns, and now with Colby. When he came out in the first round, he looked like he had a really good game plan in place. He was moving a lot. Throwing feints. He was doing 
a lot of things that I thought, oh, wow, this is how you counteract what Colby does, which is he just overwhelms you with volume and different kinds of strikes. And he just, you know, this is how you combat that. Two minutes into the first round, he completely got away from it. He landed a big right hand off the fence. And after he landed that right hand, he went back into his old sort of, I'm going to back up counter with my right hand type of ways. And that just doesn't, that doesn't work. And I think what else happened is when he was, he did throw a combination, Colby immediately took him down. Um, look, I don't like the guy. I don't like Colby Covington. He's good. I'll be the first to admit it. I can't stand the fucker, but he's good. He's really good. I mean, he, um, he's, there's not a guy in the UFC whose face I like seeing get punched more, but he's good. It's hard. It's hard it's a, it, to yeah. beat the guy. It's it sucks it, to have to to have to say that, but he has he I has he has proven himself, and he has back when he was making call outs to people, and and I was like, why, 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 why give him these fights? And he's he's winning these fights. He's winning big fights. Yeah, and he's not. But that's the thing. He, I'll, I'll say this: he's not finishing fights. So that's without the shit talk and without this character that he's developed and the controversy, no one really would care. He would be, I'm trying to think of like the equivalent fighter. He would be like a Demetrius Johnson or something. I don't know. But to me, but even Demetrius Johnson was finishing people. I don't know. It's hard, but without, without the character, I don't think people care as much. People don't want to see him lose as much. People are just, they're, they're not going to be as invested because look, he didn't. Okay. Again, it goes on his record as a TKO, but he didn't finish Tyron Woodley. He got finished by Usman. He didn't finish Robbie Lawler. He didn't finish Dos Anjos. Uh, Dos Anjos. He didn't, if I'm remembering correctly, he didn't finish Damian Maya. I think. Pretty sure about that. So, so what? It, what? It, what exactly happened? It, it was in the fifth round, right? The, with the Woodley and uh, Covington fight. The the, the yeah. TKO. I'm using air quotes here. TKO happened what exactly happened that considered a tko well what happened was is uh woodley trying to tried to throw up a a guillotine and he had a guillotine kind of halfway in and then colby pushed him up against the fence and then kind of half tripped him but i think woodley kind of went to a guard position and still had the guillotine locked in but what happened was, is when he went to the ground, his right side was underneath him and he still had it locked in. So when he tried to shift his body up to kind of reposition the guillotine, he did something to his rib because he immediately, and that's the benefit of not having fans in the stands this time. You could hear him, right? you know, say, oh, my rib, you know, and he, I don't even know that he tapped. I think he said, stop. Actually he did. He said, oh, my rib stop. And they called it. So it wasn't anything necessarily that, Colby did to him in that moment. I think it was something happened. I, don't, I haven't seen anything about what exactly went wrong. I don't know if he quit. I don't think he quit. I don't think he was looking for a way out. Colby Covington seems to think feel that way. Um, well, you know he's going to run with look, it. It's, man, in his eyes, it's a win no matter what happened, and he's going he's going to run with yeah. it in mouth because that's what's that's what's creating him is his mouth. I mean, yes, he's backing up with backing it up with most of his fights that he's doing that he's having, but yeah, I mean, creating a persona, you know? Yeah. And he immediately called out Usman again and said he wants a rematch. 
Gilbert Burns gets the next shot at the title. I don't think with that win and that fight, I don't think he deserves the shot at the title after Usman and Burns fight. I think the only fight to make for Colby Covington is Jorge Masvidal. I don't think there's any other fight to make. That fight has to happen. Now, why that has why that you, has to happen? Why? Huh? Th- why though? Just because you think that's the fight that people want to see? Yeah, because of the bad blood, and you know, if you're looking at sort of rankings and MMA math, well, Masvidal is the last person to fight for the title. Right, that's true. So that's who Colby should go through. Yeah, to get back to the title. I'm sorry, that's who he should have been fighting in this fight. To be honest, and I think that might have happened if if. Masvidal hadn't stepped up for Burns and fought Usman, you know, a couple pay-per-views ago. Um, that has to be the fight because of the bad blood and all of the shit talking that's going to happen. That just ha- it ha- that's such a fan-pleasing build-up to a fight, right? Um, and to be honest with you, I don't want to hear Usman and Colby go back and forth again. I really don't. I don't care. It's it's tired to me. That and Usman, it's going to happen that, if they fight again. That and Usman's not that guy. He's really not. He's just not that and guy he, that, build, so that like, builds up the confrontation beforehand. He'd rather just get in there and, and fight. That's all he's worried about. He'll, he'll feed off of it. Yeah. For he'll sure. respond, but he's not, that's not, it's not what he does. It was funny when they had their back and forth after, because uh, Usman was working the the Fox desk and they had their, 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 the desk and they had their little back and forth afterwards. And, you know, Colby Covington was like, yeah, you caught me on my worst night. You had your best night. And it was when the whole time was like, I finished you. <laughs> He's like, I broke your jaw. I finished you. I don't even know what we're talking about. Um, But then Colby Covington, which this didn't get aired. You have to do some research on this. Colby Covington said what might've been deemed as a racist comment. He said, uh, um, he's like, I had the president call me after this victory. He was like, who'd you have call you, uh, after you beat me? Was it your tribe? Did they send you smoke signals that sent people into sort of a, a frenzy? Yikes. But that's not even the worst of what he said when he got interviewed after in his post-fight press conference, he, you know, called Tyron Woodley a Marxist and a communist and, talked about black lives matter and all this stuff. So again, that sent people into, uh, into sort of a chaotic, uh, you know, back and forth on social media, calling him a racist and why isn't he being disciplined by the UFC? And it upset a lot of people. Um, you know, and he said, you know, and look, he's, he's taken the position of the conservative and he's standing with the police and all this stuff. And black lives matter is a terrorist organization He's spewing all of the rhetoric that you can find anywhere online on any YouTube page, on any Twitter page. This isn't anything new. He just so happens to be a UFC fighter. And that's the character that he's taken. So look, I've seen a lot of fighters come out and say, look, he needs to be disciplined. And they take this seriously and calling him a racist. I think his comments are problematic for sure. But I don't take him seriously because I think he's a fucking dork. And all everything that he says is rehearsed and it's written by someone else. He's just a big dork trying to get yeah, attention. But he's always been a big dork trying to get attention. I don't think he means anything he says. I don't think he's intelligent enough to know what a communist is or what a Marxist is. I don't think he means what he says because he doesn't know what he's saying. 
He's just a big nerd. Yeah, and I agree with everything you're Look saying. Look at his haircut. He's a fucking dork. <laughs> I agree with everything you're saying, but the I don't know. It's I'm not saying it's not wrong. Well, but but with it, if, if he's re, if he's rehearsing everything that he's saying beforehand, that he, seems to he, me dude, like he, a comment that maybe he just said and ended up having to run with because like that I don't think he sat in, you know sat in front of a mirror and said that on purpose. That seems something like he you no matter how intelligent you are, you know that that's going to come across bad in the media. Now, maybe he wanted that, well, but saying, that's not the way to do it right now, especially right now. Well, I'm not saying, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that he cares how it comes across. I don't think he gives a fuck. Yeah. But it also, it's not coming from his brain. Someone else, someone else fed him that Marxist communist line. Do you know why? It's all over the fucking internet right now about Black Lives Matter. Right. If you support Black Lives Matter, you're a Marxist. You're a communist. Uh, Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization. He's not coming up with these thoughts on his own. Right. He may be reading them, but believe me, I think someone else is giving him this stuff. He had that in his back pocket. That's why he was so quiet before the fight. I think he had it in his back pocket for if he won the fight. He's I'm calling him a dummy because he is, but this is all calculated. This is someone else constructing this character and this controversy for him. But now if someone like Conor McGregor had come out and said those things, I'd take it far more serious because Conor... I think a lot of times it's off the cuff. Yeah. I think a lot of times he says what he means and maybe it might be premeditated, but it's still, it's off the cuff. Right. Um, it might be something he's thought before and now he has the situation where he can say it. And maybe he's even a bad example. I think maybe if like, Oh, you know, and this is the person I thought of. If someone like Michael Bisping had said something like that. Yeah. Because he's a big shit talker. He's an intelligent guy. He's very good with words. He's good on the mic. If he had said some shit like that, I would take that far more seriously than when this fucking goon says something like that. He doesn't know what he's saying. He's a big dummy. Maybe he's like a dork. What about like a Chael Sonnen? What if he would have said something like that? Yes. Would you take it more seriously? Another one. Yeah. Absolutely. Gotcha. Absolutely. So what about the? That's a good example. So Cow, uh, Cowboy Cerrone fought Nick Nicky Price, or isn't that his name? Nico. Nico Price. So how how was that fight in general? I know it became it ended up being a draw, but is that a good draw or a bad draw? Uh, well, if you ask Cowboy, I'll say it's a bad draw. He thinks he lost because they took a, a point away from Nico Price. Without that point being taken away, Nico Price wins. Also, like Cowboy almost got finished in the first 30 seconds of the fight. So he had a, another bad Cowboy start. He managed to make it through. He had a really good third round. Um, it was a good fight. It was a good, fun fight to watch. But, I mean. So what, what was the point taken away he for? He thinks was he lost. Like a, and Was it an eye poke or a crotch kick or something? It was an eye poke. I'm eye poke. pretty sure if I'm remembering correctly. Okay. But, um it was a fun fight to watch, but you know, Cowboy thinks he lost. I don't necessarily disagree with him, you know? Um, and afterwards Dana White said, you know, might be time for him to, he's like, we need to have a conversation. He and Cowboy, it could be time to retire. So he said that Dana White said that. Yeah. He also said Tyron Woodley should retire. That's man. That's, he said that a lot quicker that's, than he did about Cowboy. That's just bizarre. weird. Like, isn't that weird for you to hear him say that about a fighter? 
Like, shouldn't that just be something that should be behind closed doors before it's let before? I mean, what if you're that fighter that has no plans at all of retiring in the near future and the president of the company says it might be time for this guy to retire, like without talking to you about it? That's kind of shitty. Yeah, well, I mean, that's not his M.O. He's. That's not the way he operates. I know anymore. the UFC is a different animal. Mind. I get it. It is. Uh, 10 years ago, he wouldn't have said something like that because he basically forced Chuck Liddell to retire and he never really told the press anything about it, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just not the way he is anymore. He also has taken Colby Covington's side and basically said, I don't see anything racist about what he said. I don't see anything wrong with it, but I wonder why he's writing the lights. I wonder why he's riding Covington's coattails right now. Unless he thinks he's the I think next. It's the other way around. Well, I mean, if, if Dana White's taking up for Colby, or maybe that's just his way. Maybe taking up for uh, for Covington is his only way of, I guess, backing the UFC. He's doing. He's backing the UFC and trying not to cause a, sh- trying to fix a shitstorm, but but it's coming across as he's taking Covington's side on it, right? You understand what I'm saying? I think, yeah. I mean, I think in a way he's doing the UFC a favor by not keeping the shitstorm controversy going. But also, it's within his comfort zone. He spews the same conservative rhetoric that Colby Covington does a lot of times. Right. You know, he and Trump are friends. It's not like, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, he's going to say the MAGA guy who got a phone call from his buddy Trump is wrong? Give me a fucking break. He's not going to do it. That would create more controversy if right. he did do it. So, uh, it's, dude, it's... Are you uh, you going to watch the fights this weekend, man? This is a big pay-per-view. I'm going to try. I shouldn't even say this weekend. It's tomorrow. Yeah. No uh, no guarantees, but I'm going to try to, for sure. So, who, who who's our... What do you our... got going on that you can't watch fights? Uh, I don't know, moving houses and remodeling and, Man, you know, nothing important. So important. Nothing important. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> what does that take? An hour to do? Uh, at least, yeah. Hoping to get it done in like Hire a moving minutes. company and watch the fights. Okay. Good idea. <laughs> well, who do you, let me, I want you, I want you to make predictions. We'll only talk about the two title fights. So let's start with the co-main event. Which is? You got the v- Light heavyweight title. Okay. And the two guys fighting for it are Dominic Reyes and Jan Blachowicz. Who you got? Reyes. Why do you say that? What do you think he's going to do to win? I don't have a prediction. Or, I don't have a prediction. How do you think he wins? It's not going to be my knockout. I don't. I I don't think so. I if really? it, if anything, I could see it being a decision. Okay. See, I think it's the other way around, but I got Blachowicz by knockout, winning by decision. Oh, decision! No, by decision. Really? Yeah, I do. Let me tell you why. First of all, I like him. I think he's an underrated fighter. I really wanted to see him fight John Jones um, because he does a lot of things that John Jones has trouble with. Um, but the way that he fights, I think, is going to cause problems for Dominic Reyes. Dominic Reyes had success against John Jones because he gets in and out really quickly. Right. Whereas against Bakovitz, that's not going to work as well because he's such a 
an aggressive fighter himself. And he tries to uh, do different things to counteract that, that same kind of type of style. Um, that style, when he fought Corey Anderson, Corey Anderson tried to do the same thing. Now, I, I don't, I wouldn't say that Dominic Reyes is better than Corey Anderson. I wouldn't say that Corey Anderson is better than Dominic Reyes, but they're similar in the way that they stand, or I'm I'm sorry, the way that they strike is similar. Um, So what Jan typically does is he tries to work in a lot of different things to counteract that leg kicks, body kicks, um, combinations, feigning takedowns, takedowns. Like he's, a beast of a fighter man and he fly he's flown under the radar he really he really so long to be to be in the position he is i mean you don't hear a whole lot about him like i mean you are a I no. mean, you are now of, of course because he's what one fight away from a title shot probably but still just to i, I mean to, to be i mean to be in the rankings that he is and he he it, it it's almost like he came out of nowhere until up until the Reyes and John Jones fight happened, and then now all of a sudden Jan's in the media saying, "I want Jones." It's like, where did you come from? But it's like you're deserving. Well, <laughs> I knew where he came from, but yeah, well, a lot of people didn't. He flew under the radar. You're right. Uh, well, look, and I think the reason that happened too is he had he had to avenge some losses, and he had to kind of he had to work his way to where he he. Well, I'll say it this way. The, U- the UFC made him work to get where he is, um, meaning he lost a, a decision to Corey Anderson, had to avenge that loss. He lost a decision to Jimmy Manawa, had to avenge that loss. So, like, he's had to work his way to where he is now. Right. Um, unfortunately, we're seeing him fight for a title, and he's 37. So, if he wins, we have a 37-year-old light heavyweight champion. How long does he actually reign – the division. And if he does win, I think what's going to happen is they're going to automatically throw him Tiago Santos because Tiago KO'd him or TKO'd him. Yeah. But how old, and is, that Ti- fight, how old is Tiago? 75. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but in that fight, in their fight, you know, Jan was winning two and a half rounds of that fight by doing what I think he's going to do against Dom um, Reyes. Uh, he just happened to get kind of careless and he went in. Uh, he think he saw an opening and he kind of went in with his hands down and he got just destroyed, hmm. um, just blindsided in the perfect spot of the chin. But I like this fight. I'm actually more excited for this fight than the main event. Really? The, yeah, I just think it's going to be a good fight. I think it's going to be a good back and forth fight. I think it's going to be entertaining. Not that the main event's not going to be, but um, but also I'm excited to see what new era starts at light heavyweight. We've only known two light heavyweight champions for 10 fucking years. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see a new era start and who they give them next. I mean, if you look at who's sort of out there in the rankings and who could possibly, you know, possibly be given the next title shot. It's interesting to think about, you know, Um, I'm excited about it. So, what I, I so I have I have Jan winning by decision. I think he's going to outwork him. He's going to outpoint him. I think he's going to outstrike him, outland him. I think it's going to be, but it's it's going to be a good fight. But if it goes the other way, I wouldn't be surprised. 
I think it's going to be hard for Reyes to knock Jan out too. Jan, even though I said he just got KO'd by Santos, which if he hits anyone, they get KO'd. He's got a really good chin. He's really hard to finish. So, and that's why um, that's why I said event, I, I, don't, I don't see it being a knockout from Reyes. We haven't really seen Reyes take a shot though, so I'm curious. He fought when he fought. Um, who was the guy he fought when I was at your house for that pay per view? Oh, Ovin St. Prue. When he okay. fought Ovin St. Prue, Ovin's is really the only guy to land cleanly on him. And I don't think Dominic Reyes reacted really well to it. I'd have to rewatch that fight if I'm remembering correctly. I don't think he reacted well to it. So we'll see. Um, yeah, that's, a, then, that, that's so the a, main event. That, that's the bad thing is like you can't real. Uh, you, Am I wrong in the fact that you can't really build a chin? Like you either got one or you don't. And then you just have to protect it and make sure you don't get hit. Because, I mean, some people can take 100 shots a fight and keep on trucking. But some people, it's it's lights out. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's, no, you either have it or you don't. It, it's, it's something you got and then it eventually... The brain says, no more of that. I'm good. Right. Night, night. Yeah. And like, that, it, like your brain, gone. like that's what people don't understand. Like your brain is protecting you by shutting off. If it, if something like yeah. that happens, your brain's like, nope, nope, not happening. We're getting out of this and it, shuts off on purpose. Can't take anymore. <laughs> yeah. That's how I always said, man. Like I remember when we did the MMA on the mic show, when, um, Cody Garbrandt was fighting Pedro Munoz. I was asking everyone at the table. I was like, Hey, have you guys seen the video? It was a long time ago. It was before Cody ever became a champion or was he even in the UFC. Have you guys seen the video of him getting flatlined one punch flatlined? I mean, face first arms curled back, just flatlined. And everybody was like, no, I haven't seen it. It's like, look it up right now because it's fucking brutal. I always said that like, man, the fact that he took as many shots as he did in those Dillashaw fights and didn't get knocked out was amazing because it seemed like his chin was gone before he even got to a title fight. And I, and I'm not discrediting anybody here, but I wonder how much that has to do with power. Like how much, how much power does Dillashaw have behind those punches? Because that's a, that's a lot lower weight class. You know what I mean? Like you're not talking about a light heavyweights fighting each other. You're talking about what? 135. That's what they, I mean, that's right. Yeah. Well, to be fair to the, I don't know the name of the guy he was fighting in the fight where he got knocked out like that, but he caught him clean. I mean, it was just as clean as clean gets. Um, whereas TJ kind of had to catch him. He had kind of had to, uh, you know, and Pedro Munoz, same thing. I mean, when he, when he got finished by Pedro Munoz, I mean, he did take a shit ton of shots before getting finished like that. Um, so maybe, I don't know. You just, I worry about guys like that who have been just completely flatlined like that, you know? Um, which brings me to our main event because have you seen, now that it matters now, I mean, he's undefeated, he's a champion, but have you seen Israel Adesanya get KO'd like that in kickboxing? I don't think so. I don't know if that, I knew that happened. His last kickboxing fight. Um, he was fighting a guy who had beaten him by decision before his name is Alex Pereira, which if he ever goes to MMA, everybody's in trouble. This guy is a fucking beast, but he was, had a rematch with this guy, Alex Pereira. 
and he got flatlined by a left hook, I want to say, in the third round, and he was out. So I had heard about that when he came to the UFC, and I was always like, God, how is this guy going to take shots in the UFC like that? So far he has. Yeah. But this is a whole different animal he's fighting <laughs> tomorrow. And I don't mean to call Paulo Costa an animal. I'm just saying it's all – that's just a saying, everyone. Don't get bent out of shape. <laughs> but but yeah, Paulo I, Costa, the guy he's fighting – he hits hard, man. He he does, and I and that's got to be the game plan for it for Adesanya is to work around that somehow. I mean, he Costa's power is ridiculous. He's got power, but again, he's the type of guy that Adesanya has success against because he moves forward. Yeah. He's not necessarily a counter striker, right? That does help. A, a lot, lot of people think Adesanya's just going to pick him apart. And it's going to be easy work. Adesanya seems to think that feel that way too. I would have to lean that. Yeah, I think this is a good matchup for him. I think this is a type of guy that if you watch when he beat Robert Whitaker, Whitaker was moving forward with just these winging punches, man. Like unlike we had seen him fight before. And I was like, Jesus Christ, I don't know why he's doing that. Like this is how Adesanya beats you and beats you right. easily. Yeah. I think he saw Kelvin Gastelum had some success in his fight with Adesanya that moving forward like that, just that bulldog, just sort of, I'm going to put my head down and I'm going to wink punches. And then when I get on the inside, I'm going to do work. I think he saw that work a little bit for Gastelum. He's like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to implement that game plan. But um, I don't think Paulo Costa is anywhere near as quick no. with his hands or with his footwork as Whitaker. So I just I see... I see him moving in. I see him getting picked apart. Now, can Adesanya finish him? I mean, we're talking about a guy who took Yoel Romero's best shots and couldn't, didn't get finished. So, right. How much weight do you think uh, Costa loses to get into this fight? Because he doesn't walk around uh, well, thin. He did make weight today. He did. Yeah, he did make weight today. But, okay. Yeah, but he. Uh, I was watching some videos. He leaned out a little bit before this fight, so he didn't have to cut as much. Okay, well, that's good. But he still, you know, it looks like an action figure still. He just, he, I think he got, I think he did like the proper nutrition and diet as opposed to, you know, cutting up, cutting so much. I'd be curious to see how much weight he puts back on and how much he kind of, you know, balloons out. Right. Now that he's made weight, but, um, what do you, I mean, what do you think about the fight? Do you think Izzy wins? What do you think? You worried about him? I, I, I kind of think Izzy picks him apart, but I can't, I wouldn't lay any money down on it because just, yeah, it's, it's, it, because one shot could end it. You know what I mean? And he cost us that maybe that guy that could do it. But as you said, you know, roll, Yo Romero is a monster. And Izzy took all his shots. So whether those shots didn't yeah, land in the right caught. place, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think Romero ever caught him cleanly, but Romero did catch Costa cleanly, and Costa took him. So I, every time I doubt Adesanya's power and his ability to just kind of, I didn't think he was going to do what he did to Whitaker, and he did it. Right. Um, the Gastelum fight's one of the best fights ever to be honest. Um, every time I think 
He's going to, if I feel badly about one of his fights, like, oh, this could be the one, he fucking shuts me up. So <laughs> I, I think you and I are the only two who are sort of skeptical of him winning. Every, every analyst, every, per, every journalist, everyone I've seen talking about it just thinks he's going to run away with the fight. I, I'm not saying there's, there's not potential for that it. to happen. That It could definitely happen. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. But it could not. <laughs> we don't know. Well, one thing that's come up too is that Costa knows his jujitsu is better or seems to think his jujitsu is better. Okay. And he goes, I don't know why everyone's assuming I'm just going to walk forward with punches. I'll take this to the, to the ground and submit him. And uh, at their face-off yesterday, he gave him a white belt. He wore his black belt onto the stage and gave Adesanya a white belt. And Adesanya threw it at him and was like, I'll knock you the fuck out. And- <laughs> Adesanya's takedown defense is really good. Yeah. Well, he's long and so, lanky, he's long and lanky, and he can get out of things pretty easy. Dude, that's the other thing too. He's bigger than all of us think, man. I know. When well, he stands, I'm. I know. I'm, I'm just no, for real. Like when he when he stood next to Costa when they faced off, I was like Jesus Christ, he's bigger. Like he's bigger. <laughs> that's crazy, big dude, man. He's deceptively. He's de- he looks deceptively lanky or lean and not even as tall as he really is when he's in the octagon fighting he doesn't but then when he gets up close to these guys you're like god damn how much how much taller is he than costa i'm gonna and i'm going off site i can look it up real quick but i'm going off site i'd say a good three inches let's see three inches or so okay i mean it it looked it looked that way uh so let's see adesanya is six four dude that's big that is that's That's big for middleweight man yeah uh paulo costa is drum roll please six foot tall four inches wow and you know that izzy's got the uh wingspan you know he's he's beat reach advantage man it's got to be by probably six inches, if not more. So Costa's reach is 72 inches. Okay. Izzy's is, is 80 inches. <laughs> Eight inches difference. Holy crap. <laughs> See, when you look at stuff like that and you think about how clever Adesanya is with his striking and you look at the way he beat Whitaker, the way he beat Gastelum, the way he beat Derek Brunson. You're like, yeah, he's he's the hands down favorite in this fight. I, but for some reason, for some reason, I have one of those funny feelings. I just, it's just, it's got it's. And I know I said that before, and I look stupid, but I'm just saying, I don't, I, I can't help these feelings. I get cold. I can't help it. I worry about these guys. I like they're my. <laughs> I don't even know them. Not even my friend. Unless it's Covington, you can't stand that guy. <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> but no, like eight inches, man. That's a that is a hell of a reach advantage. And that's gotta make really you is. nervous to try to get to go in on him knowing what he can do with that kind of reach advantage. And we're also talking about somebody who is undefeated. They're both undefeated, yeah. This is the I think it's the second time in history that two male fighters have Fought for a title, both undefeated. Really? I think I saw that stat. I think I saw that stat today. Who was the yeah. other one? Do you know? It didn't say. Okay. If I had to, let me think about it. 
Let me think about it. So it wasn't John Jones. Was Daniel it, was it Mighty Mouse? Maybe. I don't know who he would have. Well, he definitely was wasn't because he lost to Dominic Cruz before he got to the UFC. Um, oh, so this isn't you know, just UFC. See, this is all together. Well, I think so. I would have to imagine. Um, let me think here. DC was undefeated when he fought John Jones the first time, but he lost. John Jones was not undefeated because he had that disqualification loss. Thinking about title fights here. I'm trying to think of people who had Cain undefeated Velasquez records for a while. Kane Velasquez and Junior Dos Santos the first time. Were they both undefeated? Ooh, this is a good one. What about... Have you heard anything about that? I know this is random, but uh, that Thomas Almeida. He was undefeated for quite a while. And then now I haven't seen his name in forever. Do you know who I'm talking about? Cody Garbrandt punched his head to Mars. That's what happened to him. But was that, wasn't that his first loss? No, no. He lost to... Because he was like 13 Actually, it might and have 0. Been his first... I think he was like 13 and 0. It... Yeah, it might have been his first loss, actually. Was Garbrandt undefeated at that point? Yeah. Because I I, I vaguely remember, I thought I remembered that. I remembered both of them being undefeated going into that fight because I was really excited about that fight. But yeah, but it wasn't a title fight. I know, I know. I was just thinking about undefeated fighting each other. Uh... So who are you thinking, Cain Velasquez? It, it, I'm wrong. Cain was undefeated when he fought JDS the first time they fought, but JDS already had one loss. Oh. I don't know, man. I really don't know. I have to do some research on that one. Yeah, that's that's gonna it's gonna take some. I can't I can't think off the top of my head. That's probably not gonna be easy to research. Well, <laughs> maybe if you just type in like top two undefeated undefeated fighters fighting for title fight or something let's see what i come up with here okay while we're talking about it you mentioned mma on the mic a couple of times a few minutes ago uh so anybody who's listening to this we are going to be back doing an mma on the mic on october 24th for the gagey and khabib fight (laughs) khabib khabib and I have a few questions about that as soon as you figure out this. What's your question? Well, it may spur off into another topic, but uh, I want your thoughts on Chandler coming over from Bellator. Ooh. Um, I wish it happened five years ago. Okay, so second question. They have him as yep. a backup for that fight. So they say, is that if, okay, if it's true, is that a smart route to go? I, I can, I can, Why not? I, well, is he deserving? I guess. I mean, he, he's, he's the best to come over from Bell, come out of Bellator. So I'll give him that, but it's also like, should, should you have to build your way up at least a fight or two before you can look at any kind of title fight? Or does Dana White look at this like, well, if, Gabib or Gagey loses or, or not loses, sorry, backs out for some reason and Chandler has to step in. Now we know if he wins, 
then okay, it was he he went. I mean, Dana White wins because he brought him over. Finally, got a hold of him. If he if he loses, then Dana White still wins because he's like, well, of course he we brought him over from Bella, the best over from Bellator, and he didn't beat the top guy in UFC. So it shows, you know what I mean? Like it it proves that he shouldn't have came over five years ago. You know what I mean? And I know it's one um, fight. I know that's I know that's trying to make a lot out of just one fight, but those things are there. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know if it says what you're saying it says because Eddie Alvarez came from Bellator and he became a champion. Now he had to go through a fucking shit storm of really good fighters to get there. And I'm sure if, if, if he turns on the fucking television and sees Michael Chandler fighting for a UFC title in his first fight, he's going to be like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. I had to work my dick off to get there. And then once I got there and won, you gave me Conor McGregor in a fucking sh- in a goddamn shitstorm in Madison Square Garden. What, what the hell? Um, uh, but I mean, I don't, I mean, I, I think he should have come out. He should have went to the, should have gone over to the UFC when Chandler did. I just would have followed him over. Or I'm, no, I'm sorry. When Alvarez did. Yeah. I just would have followed him over. I'm like, all right, cool. You want to vacate your title? Fine. I'm going to go over there too. And let we'll, we'll meet again in the UFC. Um, but it didn't happen. And Chandler had a lot of success over there. The only reason I say five years ago is because he's gotten older and he's been in some, some wars since then. I don't think he can take a shot as good as he used to be able to. I, not to say that he's not talented and he's not one hell of a fighter. He is. Yeah. Um, but it's a tough go to be his age having gone through what he's been through and to, to be asked to fight Tony Ferguson, Justin Gaethje could be, you know, and we could just go on down the list of lightweight Charles Oliveira, you know, all these guys, Oof, that's, that's tough, man. That's rough, but Hey man, good for him. I think it's yeah. good. I think it exposes him to uh, the casuals that don't watch Bellator that only watch the UFC. So if he can get in a situation where he's in a high profile, like on a high profile pay-per-view against a good guy and he can win, that's, you know, but, he, but I'd he, like but to but see it. That, I, think he's I, a I, good- would, I would like to see him at least come back and maybe headline a fight night or something first. And then, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying I wouldn't, you mind, know I wouldn't mind to see him fight Gagey or Khabib if one of them has to back out or something like that. I just, I don't know. I Half of me says that he should have to build himself up a little bit. You know, headline, a, maybe not a pay-per-view or, you know, maybe be a co-main event on a pay-per-view or something like that first. I don't know. But either you way. You want him to earn it. Yeah. But either way, I'm pr- I'm pretty dang excited about this Khabib and Gagey fight. I really hope that it goes all the way through and happens because I, I'm curious to see what Gagey does. And I, we don't have to go down deep into this because we talked about it in depth, but I'm re- I'm excited to see if we see the wrestling from Gagey that we've been waiting to see for so long, or if, because, because if not, if we don't, we're going to have completely different styles fighting each other, which is the funnest fights for me to watch anyways. Yeah. Uh, I think he's going to have to show his wrestling against Khabib. I don't think he has a choice. Khabib will take him down. Yeah, absolutely. He will take him down. Yeah. So he's going to have to show it at some point. Khabib now, fights bears. Whether he uses it, 
Whether he uses it as an offensive tactic, that will be the question. And I don't think he will. Gotcha. I think he's made it very clear that he's not interested in shooting single legs, working a guy to the fence and blah, blah, blah. I don't think that's not what he does. (laughs) I think he's made that very clear. Right. Well, if, if that were the case, why not do it previously? Especially in fights where you're losing, when you get rocked by Dustin Poirier, when you get rocked by uh, Michael Johnson, when you, you know, Eddie Alvarez, the fights that he got rocked in. And to be honest with you, he should have beat Eddie Alvarez. You know, mm-hmm. um, he had Dustin Poirier badly hurt. You know, what if he shoots a takedown, he grounds and pounds and wins or whatever, submits him. Those are things that could have happened. I'm not saying it's easy to do to those guys, but the possibility was there. I think I figured out who was undefeated. Give me a sec. I'm verifying right now. (laughs) Now, listen, we have another story to get into, but you better make sure that this is not false information. Why? Because I'll get, I'll get censored. (laughs) You will be in the the shit storm that uh, Joe Rogan is in right now. I don't think he's in a shit storm or spot that Spotify is, I guess. I don't think Spotify is in a shitstorm. You don't think so? No. I think Joe Rogan signed the deal and knew he was going to get censored. And this is this is the new Joe Rogan experience, how the could, new Joe how, Rogan universe. You you think money just overruled all on that? Well, he just bought a fifteen million dollar mansion in Austin, Texas. That's all over the internet right now. Really? So, mm, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Huh. This fucking place has eight bedrooms and ten bathrooms. Why do you need ten bathrooms? I don't know what he's got. Two- what kind of a diarrhea party is <laughs> happening at your house that you need? What does he have? Like he's got a wife and two kids, right? Two daughters, is that right? I think he has three kids. Oh, does he? I don't know. Either way, for um, anybody, who either, do- way. either way, for anybody who doesn't know, he st- made a statement on an episode that apparently had been debunked by the time that that episode had aired. And now people are all over him about it because he's spreading misinformation. But, and see that's... Which he's done before on his show. He has, but... And he's never apologized. Because he's not been censored. Or he's not had the platform over the top of him saying, you can only do things this way, you can't do this. And then... Not only that, now he puts out a statement directly after it saying that I screwed up. I said something, you know, what do you expect when you have, you're doing four hour podcasts with people and and you're doing it two or three times a week? I mean, what do you you have to expect this kind of a thing? And and to what me, are you saying, to, are you saying that to you saying that to Spotify? Yeah, well, yeah, kind of, because. I don't know. It just, it, it blows my mind because and, and it blows my mind that I, I understand if, if it's because money rules all that, that hundred million dollars is like, I'll do whatever I need to do to get that money. But you know, when, when we first started talking about this and it was first announced that he was going to Spotify, I mentioned, do you think that he, this is him selling out as a podcaster? Is this the first podcaster who really sold out? And I, right. I'm, I start, I kind of see that, happening now but i kind of figured that any kind of contract that he signed with spotify would still make him have full control over the show so i guess not okay 
So when you asked that question, I said, no, he's not selling out, but I don't believe in selling out. Okay. Okay. I don't believe in that term. I don't like when people say it. Okay. I look at it the same way Metallica looked at it when they put out the black album and everyone was calling them sellouts. Jason Newstead said it best. He said, yes, we are sellouts. We sell out every single night. Okay. Done. Okay. Mic drop. Done. Okay. Now look, not everyone wants to make the kind of money that Metallica was making when they became global megastars. But should they feel bad about doing it? No, not at all. And I don't think Joe Rogan should feel bad about taking that deal if he doesn't feel bad about being criticized for giving into the censorship because right. that's what he's done. They didn't they don't have they took uh, episodes out of the, the library that are on Spotify. And now he's had to apologize for this. He's done this before on his podcast. He said the wrong thing before. And by the wrong thing, meaning he wasn't sure if he was right. He wasn't sure if he had all the facts, but he said it anyway. So you said, well, look, when you're under the guise of a platform like Spotify, you can't do it. They're not going to let you. Does Spotify own all his old episodes too? Or is it ju just when he started with, when he started on Spotify? Well, what do you mean own? I guess, I guess like, can you go back in the archive and get all of the Rogan episodes on Spotify? You can, but they took some out. Because of that? Because is that that's a way of censoring him. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So like episodes with someone like Gavin McInnes, they're not in there. Um, Milo Yiannopoulos, those aren't in there. Uh, a lot of right wing conservative types. I gotcha. They're not in there. Right. Which I think is bullshit. It's, it's, it's bullshit, but Joe Rogan made his bed. Now he has to lie in it. Now he's going to have to deal with being censored. I'm, I'm just thinking about if you go back to all the episodes where Joe Rogan and Eddie Bravo and Brendan Schaub and Brian Callen and these guys get together and just bullshit, how much stuff do you think they have said that was completely inaccurate? And completely false. Tons. That had been debunked Tons. by the time they did that episode. Tons. Do you think Spotify is going, going through with like a fine tooth comb and finding, listening to all those episodes and trying to find out what was wrong and what was right? Because I guarantee you there's people out there doing that. There is someone working right now as we speak going through those episodes. And when they find those episodes, they will probably be pulled. If they go against the fabric of what Spotify is... Yes. That's, that's what you deal with. That's crazy. Why do you man. think Joe Budden left Spotify? You know, started his own network. Yeah. He was tired of it. Right. And I and I don't know if he necessarily was ever censored like this, but he didn't have he said some controversial things, but I think his podcast and Joe Rogan's podcast are two different things. Um and also, he never had controversial figures on his show necessarily either. Whereas Joe Rogan, I think a part of the big appeal of that show is that he has guys like a Gavin McInnes. Okay. Yeah. Um, he has Bernie Sanders on his show. He has people like Alex Jones. People that are, are aren't necessarily um, re received well on the internet. He likes to have those people on and he likes to figure out what's going on. 
Right. Well, um, the, and yeah, and I, and I, that's one thing that I've always liked about his show is he may have somebody that's on the far left and then a couple episodes later, maybe have somebody that's on the far right and they may, may give two different, you know, different views on stuff and I get it. And that's awesome. You get both, both sides of things, but you never, when he was, when he was on his own platform, you, you, people may have been up in arms about stuff and they may complain about stuff, but now that he's under an umbrella, people have that umbrella to complain to and to yell at and stuff like that. And that's now you're looking at, you had to think that Spotify was going to, that knew that kind of thing was going to happen when they first signed with Rogan. So there had to be something in place. And you, you also know that Rogan couldn't have given up like all of his freedom for the, for a show that he did in a, over a thousand episodes with. But maybe I'm wrong. I think Spot. I think Spotify knew what they were getting, but I also think they knew that they were going to censor him. And he said, okay. But uh, you're only going to see, you're only going to see him being censored when he has uh, right leaning opinions or right leaning people on the show. It's not going to work the other way around. So, okay. But like okay. you said. I was going to say, okay, so you're talking about like Milo and these guys that were on the show. They've taken those episodes down because of the content that's, you know, and, and what those people represent and stuff like that. I mean, do you think that now, if, even if he wanted to, he's not allowed through Spotify to have those people on the show anymore? Or do you think that Spotify would say, sure, put them on the show, but if things get controversial or they're all the way this way or all the way that way or whatever, we're, we're bringing, we're taking it down. Because if he's doing that, then he's putting out content for no reason. If Spotify is just going to censor it. If I, if I had to guess, if I had to guess, I don't see him having those kinds of guests on his show anymore. But like you said, he can have left or right on the show or he could, and he was okay with talking to either side. What I liked about the show for a while is that when he did do that, he tried to break them of their left left wing talking points or their right wing talking points and get down to the actual conversation and the actual problem at hand. Right. Forget about your rhetoric, right? Forget about the narrative that you sort of feel you have to follow. Let's actually have a conversation about this as if we're just two human beings who can meet in the middle and aren't on a specific side. Right. I, I, I don't see that. Like I said, if I, I don't know, but if I had to take a guess, I would say, no, we, we don't, we don't see those types of guests on his show anymore. So have you listened to any episodes know. since it's been on Spotify? Nope. Is that a pride nope. thing? Like you you won't do it because of Spotify itself or you just don't use the platform? Or you're not interested in the guests <laughs> that he's had on? Uh, I don't use Spotify and I never will. Um, and ever since Miley... I'm waiting to see what he does. <laughs> so far, no, I have not been interested in the guests he has had on. 
He did have Ron White on, and I, I caught a, a YouTube clip of that. He had Adam Curry on. I caught a YouTube clip of that. But, nah. 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 <laughs> some, I mean, some of these guys that he's had on, you know, time and time and time again, I know he just does it. I know he's got his following, and I know he just does it to bullshit with these people and stuff like that, but it just gets old, man, with, with some of them that, you know, he has on you know, in the thousand plus episodes that he's done, he's had on like 500 times. Yeah. Well, well who, like who, who, get, who gets old to you? Well, like Brendan Schaub gets old. Brian Callen gets old Fine. to me. And, and, it, and it's because that's like, that's an interesting, I know, I know those two connect to each other, but I, but like Duncan Trussell. And I mean, I know it's a lot of the crowd that he runs with and I, and I get that, but yeah, I'm, it just, me- let me, let me stop you real quick. When you said that initially, I thought you were talking about the intellectual type characters he has on the show. Oh, no, I mean people in general. Uh, like I actual certainly people. wouldn't associate Brendan Schaub with anything intellectual whatsoever. <laughs> so you're right. That's just him having a buddy on and then bullshit about it. Which I guess that's probably not going to happen near as often now with him moving. Because all I mean, those people uh, are still in LA, and freaking Joey Diaz went to New Jersey, and. But here's what I'm wondering: I'm wondering because now, the podcast is supported by Spotify. Is there a budget for him to fly out guests and really get whoever he wants? I I could imagine that, know, that was put into the contract. It had to have. Oh God! Excuse me. <laughs> My organs shifted. Good God. Um, um, yeah, I would imagine that that's, again, that's just me guessing. Uh, it, 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 it feels like a different show. And let me just say something. That new studio is wiggity whack, dude. It looked, that, it looked really cool at first. Never looked cool. I think I, it, I, I think but, it, I think it did. And and now I don't know. It looks like he's like underground in some kind of a bunker. It's whack. Like low. But this is also coming and, from a guy who's in a room right now. Well, yeah, I mean, this is also coming from a guy who's in a room right now that has Tom Jones vinyl hanging up and weird shit on his wall. So what the fuck do I know? I'm just saying, Hey, you're not censored. I got a juice poster behind me. You're not censored. That's that's something, right? I am not. I am not censored. You're right. <laughs> so we got everything going for us because we're not censored. <laughs> I, that's super important. Um, but I will say this: when you do get censored, it feels kind of cool at first. Be- because you're that guy that needs to be censored. No, I'll explain what I mean. So like one of my biggest, when I started, okay. Why did I get myself wrapped in? All right. I did this to myself. So maybe we can end on this because okay, I don't want to look like too much of a douchebag. Okay. So when I started playing music, I grew up at the time when censorship was really big. Rap artists were being censored. Bands were being censored for their content. It was a big thing. It's when they started putting, well, this is a little bit before my time, but when censor labels started getting put on records and all this stuff, you know, I was alive, but it was before my 
you know, it wasn't my formative years of playing music and listening to music. Right. But it was happening to artists that I like when I started to become more formative in playing music. So one of my, two of my biggest goals were to be on the radio. Okay. If you were a kid my age, when I was a teenager, if you were a kid, you wanted your music to be on the radio. I don't care what anyone says. They say, no, we're not selling out. You're lying. You're lying to yourself and you're lying to everyone else. So you wanted to be on the radio. So my two personal goals were wanted to be on the radio and I wanted to be censored on the radio. By censored, I mean they bleeped out something naughty that I said. Okay. Okay. It was just a goal of mine. It's just, I, I, I wanted it to happen. Okay. Because I wanted the mystique behind it was people, I wanted people to go, what did he say? What did he say there? And then they would go through the liner notes of the album or they would look it up somewhere. Okay. Right? That's what I'm saying to that. I'm saying uh, not maybe when you're Joe Rogan's level because he's a fucking multimillionaire and he's been all over the place doing all got all, all kinds of stuff. But when you're at a smaller, when you're average Joe, you're trying to make it in some sort of way in entertainment or show business or whatever. If it's on your podcast, if it's in your music, if it's on your internet TV show, if it's whatever, you get censored when it first happens. You're like, damn, I stirred up a little bit of shit here. What happens next? That's all I'm saying. Okay. Now, maybe, again, I'm just sick in the head and I am way too into myself, but that was a goal that I had. And when it happened, I was like, oh shit, that actually happened. So let, let me ask you this as my, I final, digress. as my final question, did it matter to you what radio station? Like you, no. you grew up, wanted to be on a radio station. Would, did that literally mean just, I want to be on the radio or did that mean yes. I want to be on a specific radio station? No, I wanted to be on the radio period. Okay. But then once I got old enough, and smart enough to know what types of radio there were and how it worked. Then I was like, okay, now we need to kind of we need to break this down to brass tacks here. <laughs> Here's what I mean by being on the radio. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> we all have different goals, different ambitions, different dreams, Colt. Wait, that's true. Mine was to say a bad word. You just wanted to be bleeped out on the radio. You just wanted to say a bad word just so people can wonder what that bad word was. Yes. Yes. I'm a simple man. Well, I'm glad you succeeded. Simple man. I know. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. It's gotten me far. It's taking me places. Trust me. Yeah. You're here doing a podcast with me, but Hey, we're not censored. It's all that matters. What are you trying to say about yourself? I, I don't know. <laughs> You've got a, you know, a storm shelter from 19. Hey, I'm excited. You're I'm here. Good. I'm here podcasting with a guy who got a song on the radio and was censored. That's awesome. There you go. You should feel super privileged right now. <laughs> I do. <laughs> anyway. All right. Is that a good spot to end on? That's a good place to say, enjoy your weekend. Sayonara. Peace. <laughs>